Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, December 22nd. It's been 70 years in the making and Calgary's Ring Road is finally complete. Ahead of the Christmas break, we joined up with Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek to talk about the highway expansion and all the latest news out of City Hall. It's a Christmas miracle, but don't expect it to last much longer. When it comes to low gasoline prices and an impending provincial gas tax, what can we anticipate for 2024? To discuss, we joined Dan McTagg, President of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Tis the time of year to lie on the couch and watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Why do we love them so much? We'll talk to a Calgary man who's written and directed 25 Hallmark movies to get his take. And we love our usual Christmas movies, but if you're looking for something new to watch over the holidays, our resident couch potato has eight new movies on the big and small screen to keep you entertained. Boy, it's been 70 years in the making and now Calgary's Ring Road finally complete. That was the, the big news that happened this week. Joining us to talk about that and everything from City Hall is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning and Madam uh, Mayor, Merry Christmas to you ahead of time. Good morning, Sue. Merry Christmas to you and everyone who's listening as well. Let's talk about the Ring Road because this has been a long time coming uh, and and finally we got there. I know the the southwest quadrant, there was a lot of uh, negotiation that had to happen with our friends from the Tsutsina Nation and we got there together and boy, it's a beaut now, isn't it? It is. It was a pretty big day, I have to tell you. It was pretty exciting to get videos from folks I know where their passenger was taking a shot of them driving down the ring road. People are really excited about this. It's true. And it's funny that it's a, a road. Is, do you think it's because it's been so long coming and we've talked about it for so many years that that's why people are excited about a highway? Well, I think it's a couple of things. It's that and, you know, the fact that we've been watching it um, under construction for so many years. And it's the ability to connect with friends and family and loved ones from one part of the city to the other. And we've got so many amazing things that are in the north that aren't in the south and vice versa mm-hmm. that people now have a faster way to traverse. Yeah. Do you think that that, that you know, will have a, an impact on, on business, say, and just the things that we're able to do and, and spend on in the city of Calgary? I think so. Um, You know, I I think people are going to have more options in terms of where they want to shop. I think they're going to have better options, too, um, for health care and for medical appointments. There's all kinds of things that are now possible thanks to this road being open. It's great news for sure. Uh, let's talk about um, this one. I, it was an article that I saw this morning in the and a comment from you that proposed charter changes could cripple our housing plans. So the Alberta government making some changes or proposing some changes to city charters for Calgary and Edmonton. What does that mean exactly? Well, there was um, an active lobby effort from a group called Build Alberta, and they represent some of the development industry and builders in both Edmonton and Calgary. And their position with the government was that they felt that uh, off-site levies were unfair the way they were proposed in both big cities. And what that essentially means is they don't particularly like the way we collect fees for their opportunity to develop communities. And so we're in a situation now with the proposed charter changes where if the appeal process is left to be broad enough the way that it's been written, a developer could go and appeal the offsite levy bylaw, which is the funding and financing tool that we have to get them to pay for infrastructure. If that gets appealed, that means any project that's covered under that bylaw, which is very big and applies to all development, that bylaw would be struck and all development would come to a screeching halt. Mm. That's not a good thing in a housing crisis. And I, I don't believe the provincial government wants that to happen. So we're asking for guardrails around any kind of appeal process. 
We're also asking them to look very carefully at unintended consequences of the changes they're making. If we've got incentive programs that are creating affordable housing in projects, we don't want that to disappear. And that's a change that they've made as well. So we're just asking for some more reflection and a better understanding of how we ensure that the private sector pays its fair share and it doesn't fall onto taxpayers. Uh, this week, City Council doing a review of the local energy access fee. What, what came out of that? Well, we had a session of council where we were talking about our strategic vision moving forward and the plans we have for the next couple of years. And within that, we talked about how we mitigate uh, drastic impacts to consumers when we have a high regulated rate option like we saw this year. And actually, this conversation began in January of this year, where some of us on council were hoping to make a change that would have prevented the types of utility hikes that we saw. And so to make those changes, we had another conversation a couple of days ago in council. And we realized that the volatility right now with the province reviewing the regulated rate option means that any decision we make could be impacted by any decision they make. So... We're going to wait and see what happens with the regulated rate option. If it disappears, then we will take action immediately. If it stays in place, we still have the option to do something different, but we've got to wait for that piece of information. Okay. Uh, can you share any details with us on the city's mental health and addiction strategy? Yeah, what I can tell you is that uh, this is a program that was developed a number of years ago when I was first on council, and it was an opportunity to make sure that the various different partners that deliver mental health and addiction supports were together to come up with the strategies that the city could implement. And one tangible one that I can tell you about is a program called Change Can't Wait. And it's a funding or a granting opportunity where local community-based organizations can complete an application form and indicate what type of a program they're offering or project that they have that improves the mental health of their community. And it's sort of a micro-grant program. And it's been quite successful. A lot of local organizations have been able to really take care of community members because we've made that funding available. Uh, you know, you talked about organizations that sort of do the same thing coming together to help out. It seems that we're getting so much better at that, aren't we? Particularly in the city of Calgary. But just, you know, when there's groups that work on the same sort of projects, why not come together, sh share your knowledge, your know-how, and therefore be able to get better results, right? That's a really good point. And, you know, we've seen it with, um, you know, the folks that were working in the field of domestic violence prevention. Mm -hmm. A number of years ago, they came together to coordinate um, have to give full credit to Sheldon Kennedy for his um, ch Child Advocacy Center. When that project was considered, they thought about the person that's going to be using the services, and they thought about the child and all the wraparound supports that they were going to need. They created a brilliant model, and I think we need to do more of that. Instead of asking all of those service providers to compete for funds mm -hmm. against each other, Let's bring them together. Yeah, I see that too with our, um, you know, our organizations and groups that are working on the homeless issue in our city. I think they've really done well to come together too, right? They have indeed. And I have to say that the ability to convene those groups as well as property owners and other important partners like Bow Valley College in downtown to convene them at a table to talk about what experiences they're having and how we can make things better has been an absolute boon. That's how we got another crisis outrage team mm -hmm. in the downtown. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your Christmas plans. Uh, what's, what's going on for the mayor over the holidays? How are you spending time with friends and family and, and do you get any downtime? 
yeah, I get a little bit of downtime, uh, a little bit of family time, and you know, I'm I'm probably going to lay out you know three or four different pairs of track pants that I'll alternate <laughs> between. And uh, we've got some great friends that are are having a few open houses, and you know, we plan to have a few, few people over really just taking it easy and staying in the city. I love it. And there are so many great things going on. And with the weather being the way it is, I know it's not a white Christmas and we'd all probably like that. But, you know, it is great uh, weather, great temperatures for us to get out and enjoy all the things that are going on around this amazing city. Absolutely. And I can tell you the the skating down at Olympic Plaza has been absolutely jam-packed for the last few days. And, you know, if you get a chance to to toodle around that rink, you should absolutely take it in. It's beautiful down there. It was so cute, Mayor. My son called me last Friday. Uh, Mom, uh, we're all leaving school because it's a half-day Friday, typically. Uh, we're, we're going downtown. We're going to rent some skates and go skating uh, at Olympic Plaza. I just thought that was so fun. And, and you're right. It's been super busy because the weather is perfect to be out and about. Skating, zoo lights. I mean, there are a million great things going on. We're lucky to live here, aren't we? We are very lucky and I feel blessed every day that I get to be a person that provides public service in this city. Thank you for all you do. I know we'll check in next week and we'll do uh, a year in review of 2023 and look ahead to 2024. So in the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, enjoy some downtime. Thank you and to all of the listeners and to you, Sue. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. I hope you get to take a break and I wish you peace and joy for next year. Thank you so much. Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. We have managed to track down Dan McTagg, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Dan, good morning to you. Good morning, Sue. It's a little bit like uh, being uh, hijacked by the elves here. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Those elves are hard at work. Uh, we're talking about gas prices this morning with you as we have right through 2023 and, and frankly beyond that. But boy, right now, gas prices for us here in the Calgary area is pretty sweet. Yeah, listen, you haven't seen these kind of prices going back to uh, 2021 when uh, we were still in parts of the COVID lockdown. So uh, not a bad thing to have, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, good things don't always last, but at least it'll be here as a bit of a Christmas gift. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're down at, at uh, Taza, Calgary Costco, 99 cents, according to gasbuddy.com. That's just, that's nutty. Yeah, well, that's uh, uh, below cost uh, because it costs most gas stations about that to buy their fuel uh, taxes in. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they have a very different model. Uh, I know I'm a Costco member as well, but, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of where we're seeing prices uh, at their lowest. And uh, that's not likely to last, obviously, because of what's happening globally, but also with the changes in taxation here in the uh, province of Alberta. So let's talk about that a bit. Uh, you know, the, the Premier, Danielle Smith, has been very critical of the feds for that. But, and now turning around and doing the same thing with our provincial government, adding that gas tax back in again, another, what, 13 cents a litre? Yeah, well, nine, I guess, to begin with. But look, I uh, let me put my old uh, political hat back on. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been a Liberal member for 18 years. But, uh, you know, the problem with uh, removing a tax because of difficult times or because prices have shot through the roof, as they did in the end of 20, middle of 2022, is that putting them back on uh, of necessity uh, means that uh, you're going to be very unpopular. So uh, I uh, obviously, <laughs> when the decision was made last year to make this a one-year thing, uh, I suspect that that was very helpful for the past year, but uh, now that prices have pretty much turtled, um, the government feels it's in a position to raise those taxes. And, of course, that'll be a nine-cent hit come uh, mm -hmm. January 1st, which will push prices back up, along with retail margins, back into the high dollar 20s. Is it a necessity, Dan, that this be done right now by the provincial government? 
I'm not sure what the financial position is for the province. I would expect that it's very strong given, uh, you know, uh, the rebound in oil prices uh, and, of course, energy prices in general. Uh, but, uh, you know, the idea that this was a temporary tax, uh, you know, again, uh, going back to where we were a year ago, this time when no one really saw the decrease because markets had rallied dramatically, uh, such that the nine cent decrease was never actually captured or seen by most consumers until the second or third week of January. Uh, you know, these are not difficult. These are not easy uh, decisions to make. They're actually quite difficult. But uh, I suspect that the terms by which people received this uh, notice that they were going to get a tax decrease also came with a fact that it was likely to go back, especially if markets uh, would uh, would normalize, which they have done. So uh, let's look ahead a little bit before we let you go. A quick anticipation for what's to come in 2024. A uh, bit of a repeat of 2023. So we're going to see, you know, gas prices move up a little bit in January, a little bit more in February a lot more in March and of course April we switch back to uh, winter uh, rather summer blends of gasoline with a, an added four cent a liter uh, hike with the uh, carbon tax and of course uh, later in 2024 refineries are going to no longer be able to use ethanol to cover the second carbon tax the clean fuel standard so I would expect that by the end of 24 early 25 and I'll get ahead of myself look for an additional uh, 12 to 17 cents a litre, which uh, is uh, coming one way or another. Wow. And not great news, um, but that's life, right? Um, we, yeah, we, I'm we, the Grinch here, too. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know. It's like, well, I, I can never give good news when it comes to gasoline. But listen, prices are much cheaper. Take advantage of this. you got a couple of weeks of opportunity here. Yeah, fair. Uh, let's let's uh, get those jerry cans filled. <laughs> you know it. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Sue. Take care. You Bye-bye. Too. Dan McTagg, President, Canadians for Affordable Energy. food bank. How much do you think she can really get accomplished in six days? She's really doing it, isn't she? How many people touch that many lives? Time really has no meaning. Love, the Christmas spirit, that does. He is the master of Christmas movies, and that was a clip from his latest called A Christmas Blessing. David Winning has directed 46 movies, 29 TV series, and just this year directed his 25th Hallmark movie. We watch him at Christmas. We love every one of them, and we say good morning to movie and TV writer and director and born and raised Calgarian, David Winning. Hi, David. Thanks for being in the studio this morning. Good morning, Sue. How are you, everybody? Appreciate your I, time. I didn't get the onesie memo. I'm sorry. Know, I'm, I'm pretty sure mine wouldn't fit anymore. I'm but. sorry about that, that you had to be... Uh, you know, witness to our inaugural <laughs> onesie day here at QR Calgary. Uh, let's talk about something that we love a lot more, and that is Hallmark movies specifically. How, I mean, how did you get into writing, first of all, movies, but then sort of, you know, with a niche in, in the Hallmark genre? Well, I'm 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 directing really more, but I, I, I kind of, uh, I've been doing kind of all genres, and what happens when you're directors, you kind of end up pigeonholed, and I've been doing Christmas movies movies now pretty steadily for about seven years. And it's kind of fun. You get to play all year. But, uh, you know, people realize these movies have to start being made in, like, July when there's usually a heat wave on. So, because mm-hmm. uh, they need three or four months to prep. So, it's it's fun. I kind of do Christmas all year. And uh, Hallmark's been great. I just finished my, as you mentioned, 25th movie for them. And I work for other folks as well. But uh, And I, I have a uh, kind of a dual existence sometimes. I do I do a very violent vampire series on, <laughs> on, on uh, Netflix called Van Helsing, which I'm really proud of. 
And uh, so, yeah, it's fun. And then you do Hallmark movies. Yep. yep. What's going on in that head of yours, David? Uh, lots of happy, happy, <laughs> happy thoughts. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so you've done 25. I think you'll appreciate the meme that we got from a listener that says Hallmark researchers say they are close to developing a second movie plot. <laughs> now, but they are formulaic, but isn't that why we love them? I, I think a lot of people don't admit to watching Hallmark movies. I think um, I always say it's like... Uh, Safe Harbor. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the kind of things, you know, 80 million people watched these movies last year in the States. It's something that people, I think, are drawn to when uh, when we're in dark times, yeah. which we seem to be a lot mm -hmm. lately. So I think people like to just kick back and know that they, they've got uh, someplace they can be safe for two hours at Christmas and something that I kind of grew up with. So it's really fun to go full circle and feel like I'm making those movies for people now. Yeah, and, and it's so true. I mean, there's a happy ending. There's love. There's all the things that we want in our lives that happens, except for the Christmas tree lot. That's always in the Hallmark movie, not necessarily in ours. But we love all that 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 happy, happy and joy. And, and you're right, kind of get away from all the nasty stuff that's going on in the world. And, and as you know, they start running them in October now. I always say it's never too, it's never too <laughs> early for Christmas movies. So what, what do you need to include? If you're, we're talking about a, a Hallmark movie specifically, what do you need to think about and include when you're putting one together? Well, I mean, there's certainly a lot of formulaic things that show up in the movies, but the reason I find them fun to make is it's, it's a challenge to make them as tear-jerking and as wonderful as you can. <laughs> always, because, you know, I, I got teased when I started making these movies, but the truth is they're always about people and it's about love and romance and mm -hmm. uh, happiness, and there's nothing wrong with more of that in the world. I think we need more kindness. Yep. 100%. Um, we, you and I were chatting before we went on air about the uh, the writers, the actors strike. We've finally gotten those solved. What, how did that affect our industry and, and now moving into 2024? Are we sort of back to normal in terms of what that looks for Canadians? I sure hope so. I've got yeah. my fingers crossed for a, you know, a busier 2024. I mean, the, the actors strike just ended six weeks ago and uh, things aren't back to normal yet, I wouldn't say, but uh, I think 2024, it sounds like there's a lot of work coming down the pike, so Good. hopefully we'll all be busy and back to work. Good. Uh, I know you live in three different places. Calgary is where you were born and raised, and yep. you live in Vancouver as well, and in L.A. Um, I live on Air Canada as well. So. <laughs> no doubt the points must be crazy, but what keeps you coming back here to Calgary specifically? Well, these are my roots. I mean, um, my, my parents instilled me with some really wonderful values growing up, and I think I like to think that that's what's the heart of whatever I'm giving to these movies. I, I had a great mm -hmm. uh, upbringing, and, and uh, I like to be back home and, uh, you know, I like the air. Yeah, it's fresh and clean. Do you sit with family and friends and watch your movies? Well, I, it's kind of funny because these, these movies are on so often now. I think last week, uh, three of them were on in one day on, <laughs> on W Network. So people saying, are you working all the time? And these are from years back. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I see them more than anybody else. So I'm not sure if I necessarily gather and watch myself. But uh, I, like to sh I like to show them off whenever I can. Yeah, absolutely. You should be very proud of that. And as a Canadian, a Cal Calgarian, for sure, how many that you've done. Tell us a, a little bit. So you mentioned the, the one that you've got going on Netflix right now, but 46 movies, 29 TV series. What else can we see that's part of your work, your repertoire? Well, A Christmas Blessing is just uh, showed up on Super Channel. That's the Lori Laughlin movie we just finished in the summer. And I did a movie in the fall called Field Day, which did really well, which was kind of a comedy, kind of a funny stretch for Hallmark. And uh, next year, I'm hoping to do some uh, bigger stuff. There's some stuff coming up. I'm hoping to get back to my roots, which was kind of like action thrillers and uh, bigger budget stuff. There's something in the works that I got my fingers crossed for the summer that nice. may take me away from Christmas movies for a while. But uh, that seems to be have, have been my bread and butter for a while. So I'm happy to keep doing those. How'd you get into this? I mean, was this something as a kid? Did you want to be a, a writer, director kind of thing? Or <laughs> I, did it just sort of happen? I always say ceramics was full. So <laughs> I started making movies. No, I started, I got to I have the corny story of getting a movie camera 
remember when I was 10. Mm-hmm. And I was making was movies. Was it a Christmas present? It was a birthday present, okay. actually, in, in May. And I ended up making movies with my friends all through my teens in northwest Calgary in the backyard. And I had big dreams about trying to, I never, I didn't know how I was going to get one feature made, let alone almost 50, make me feel tired listening to the resume. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I just, I, one of the reasons I'm around now is I keep trying to inspire people that anything's possible. I was always a dreamer and I believe everybody had a dream of what they wanted to do as a kid. And mm-hmm. I try to push those dreams and make people uh, just kind of go for it because I did. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. I love that. You're kind of like Santa Claus in that sense. So, you know, if, you, if somebody's listening in there, they think, I, I have a great idea. I could write a Hallmark movie or I could direct a film. How, how, what's your first step? How do you even get into it? Well, I, I mean, I think one of the best ways to get into movies is to try to make a, a trailer or a commercial for the movie you think you want to make just because it's cheaper. And you can also show off your director or your writer skills. And uh, then people say, this is great. Can I see this movie? No, it's not made yet. But you know, <laughs> it can be if, if. You, if you sign the check, we can make <laughs> this film. But that's always a good calling card. And I think just get out there and make some movies. I mean, you can make a movie with your iPhone nowadays. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just I push people to try and express themselves any way they any way they can. And you've made a great career of it. DavidWinning.com is uh, David's website. You can get more info there. 46 movies, 29 TV series. As we said, just finished his uh, directing his 25th Hallmark movie. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for bringing all these beautiful and wonderful films and Hallmark movies to us. Oh, you're welcome. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. David Winning is movie and TV writer and director, born and raised Calgarian. AJ texted in to say, good morning, Sue. I want to wish you and your family and all the crew here at QR Calgary very Merry Christmas and all the best in 2024. Please stay safe. You too, AJ. Thank you. Did you know there's a game? And I think Reese talked about it, the Wham, Wham again. Yes. You just... You just, I whammed somebody, you all. Somebody just lost. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I whammed you. It's the game where you have to try and go through December 1st to December 24th to hear it. We've played that song multiple times. I know. So. I know. I, you know why? I like because the song. we all love it. Yeah, I like the song. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it song. Really is. You got whammed. Uh, Gail says, my plans are a quiet Christmas. My daughter and her hubby moved to the acreage at the bottom of our driveway. That's close. Nice. Mm. She's having Christmas dinner. So uh, Gail is prepping turkey and dressing. Just have to walk down the driveway. Oh, yes, That's Gail. perfect because you know you can stagger back up the driveway yes. later. <laughs> uh, Christmas turkey. Eve, Gail has reservations with her hubby at the Cactus Club for drinks and appies in the afternoon. Then take in a random church service later. Then movies and popcorn till midnight. I love that idea. Sounds yeah. like a heck of a Christmas to me. All <laughs> scheduled relax. out. Relax. Yeah, Christmas Eve is Sunday night. So most people sort of have, you know, maybe Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night to just kind of relax yep. before yep. all hell breaks loose. <laughs> um, and if you are thinking of going to the movies, like Gail is, um, our resident couch potato, Brett McGarry, has put together, we talked to him earlier this morning, but he also puts together a little feature. So wanted to run it for you because there are a ton of movies coming through the Christmas holidays. So here you go. I'm Brett McGarry from The Couch Potatoes. Lots of new movies out over the next few days. There are five this weekend, including Jason Momoa back as the King of Atlantis in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Come on, we're in this together. No one hits my brother but me. There's a cartoon about birds that looks fun. It's called Migration. I want us to get out and see the world. Father, would I be if I put my young fowl in harm's way for no reason except a chance at a Caribbean vacation? I don't want to miss out on life because you're afraid to leave this pond. Emma Stone stars as a woman brought back to life in a movie that's getting lots of praise and awards buzz, Poor Things. 
I am finding being alive fascinating. Do you want to see what the world is really like? Yes. Zac Efron stars in a movie also getting awards buzz that's about a famous pro wrestling family, The Iron Claw. Weighing in at a combined weight of 690 pounds, Kevin, Harry, and David Von Next up, a rom-com, Anyone But You. Are you heading to the wedding? Of my sister? Yes, I am. Where's your fiancé? Wait, is this him? Wow, you are a child. Hey, I'm Ben. I was her hall pass on your break. Then on Christmas Day, we get a couple more with some awards buzz. There's a new musical adaptation of The Color Purple. I was married to a man I didn't love. It's time for you to see the world. Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz star in another movie with awards buzz. This one's about a guy behind one of the most famous cars in the world, Ferrari. All of us are racers. But make no mistake. If you get into one of my cars... You get in the win. And finally, one more with awards buzz. Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan star in a movie that debuted on Netflix on December 20th, Maestro. I'm going to read a scene with Maestro Bernstein. Maestro Bernstein. That sounds very <laughs> I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes.